currently listening to the 10th edition of the Soda Talk. Um, today we're joined by Val Whipple. Um, if you want to say hi quick. Oh, hello, Pete. <laughs> this is a new experience for me, a podcast, so yeah. it should be enjoyable. Uh, we traveled earlier in the day to Flanders, South Dakota, and now we are in Ivanhoe, Minnesota, um, along the western border, southwestern border, and we're doing a little uh, small town trip, so um, it should be enjoyable. Um, Val was a basketball coach uh, for most of his career, uh, very successful um, in that sense. So we're just going to get a little bit uh, more into his life today. Have you always lived in Ivanhoe? No, I haven't always lived in Ivanhoe. I guess uh, where we're located now is 12 miles from the South Dakota border. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know when you're in Ivanhoe, when you get to the Buffalo Ridge and you see the wind towers, then you're there. But no, after college, uh, which was at uh, Gustavus Adolphus, I uh, taught school for six years in Stewart, Minnesota, and lived there. And then after that, um, my wife Lynn and I, we moved to uh, Minneota, Minnesota, only 20 miles east of Ivanhoe, and we lived there for 10 years before returning to uh, my hometown where I grew up of Ivanhoe. So do you enjoy living in a small town like Ivanhoe? Yes, I think the people say, well, what do you do when you're in Ivanhoe? And uh, it seems that we're actually too busy to keep up with everything that's <laughs> that, that's going on. So we enjoy uh, small town life mm-hmm. and knowing our neighbors and uh, our church and community and the people. It's a uh, it's a very pleasant uh, way of life, I think. So, what's like the biggest difference? Um, we'll touch on this a little bit later. Um, but what's like the biggest difference you've noticed um, being? that your children have moved to bigger cities, uh, what's the difference between you know a smaller city and a bigger city? Like, What's something you like more about it? Well, I think in the small community, you know your neighbors, you know the people in the community. If someone's ill or needs assistance, you're aware of that. It appears to me, and it's probably not always true in the larger areas, but it appears to me uh, if I were at one of my daughter's homes, which we have four daughters, and I walk out to the curb and look down the down the street. I just question how well they they know the people that they're living adjacent to, mm-hmm. and I think that's such a such a sense of community in the rural areas. Although with the changing demographics and everything, uh, uh, rural Minnesota is having its uh, challenges. No, definitely. I feel like there's definitely. Um at least in my lifetime, in my generation, a movement towards living in the city, um, going to college and stuff like that. Um, what have you noticed over the years in terms of your life, uh, you, know, you know, with kids moving out of the community? Has there been a decrease in the amount of people? I mean, what's been the biggest change over the last 40 years for you? Well, I think if you're talking about small communities, mm-hmm, right. Uh, at one time we had a wonderful hospital in town now it's just a nursing home Uh, the small communities they struggled to keep grocery stores they struggled to keep uh, restaurants so you got your medical services and some of the basic services that um, 
are not always there in many small towns. We're fortunate to keep some of those in our community right now. Our community is fairly unique. Uh, we're in Lincoln County, one of the smallest counties in the, in the state. We do not have a stoplight in our county, wow. and we always joke about that, and that's sort of uh, that's sort of uh, unique. Yet, uh, with a town of about 600 people, we are the county seat of uh, of Lincoln County. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it it is uh, it is very small and uh, and and rural. But sometimes, if we see someone come into the local mini mart where we have coffee. And we don't know who they are. We're wondering, well, well, who is that? Why don't we know them? Because, right. you know, we usually know most people in the in the community. So that's a a little flavor of mm-hmm. of rural rural communities. And I guess uh, it's if we go someplace, or even if we go to a neighboring college town, such as Brookings, South Dakota, or Marshall, Minnesota. We always see someone in a restaurant or mm-hmm. at a ball game or wherever that we know. So uh, I th- that always seems a very welcoming situation. I mean, yeah, just for contrast in me, um, going to the University of Minnesota, you know, where there's 55,000, you know, students. I mean, in the town of, is it 600 or? 600 six, people. 600 about. people. Um, you know, I'm lucky to see someone that I know, right? And, I mean, I think for you that'd be kind of, strange you know that might be a hard adjustment yes (laughs) definitely so and i feel like you know with that sense of community definitely form bonds and friendships that you know may may not occur in the situation where i am so switching more um to the future slash past do you ever see yourself uh you know leaving ivanhoe or would you if you had the chance you know maybe Forty years ago, would you ever, you know, try to start over and leave and go somewhere else, or do you think this is the spot for you? I don't know. I've enjoyed uh, rural Minnesota. I was in school systems for most of the years, and uh, I enjoyed enjoyed that very much. So I I don't know. Uh, maybe later in life, uh, if there's not medical services or mm-hmm. there's not trans transportation or Whatever those, those be could be concerns, but you know it's ironic. It's more difficult to move from the rural to the metro area than if someone from the metro area wants to come back mm-hmm. to to their home area. That's usually a a, a, a situation. You know, um, I'm living in a nice home, but I might not be able to sell it for much more than sixty thousand dollars. Right. You know. So. Uh, that that's uh, that's a big uh, big change in rural area. So now we're switching a little bit more from um, you know Ivanhoe where we where we are today to um, Val's career. Uh, when did you start coaching? When was your first? Well, actually, let's start with when was your first job? My first job, uh, I guess, my job has turned into my hobby. But right. my my first job was in 1962, mm-hmm. after I graduated from uh, Gustavus Adolphus College. Mm-hmm. I went to Stewart, Minnesota, where I was a high school social studies and driver's education teacher, and I coached uh, 
uh, varsity basketball, baseball, and assistant football coach in that small community. Uh, that that was that community was uh, the athletics were a member of the 212 conference, and uh, it's not too far out of Minneapolis, an hour mm-hmm. and a half, maybe hour and fifteen minutes. So when did you start coaching? Um, I think this is where you could go on a little bit about uh, your basketball coaching career. That is okay. As I as I've done it for some time. <clears throat> In fact, I've been coaching for 57 years. Yeah, I started in uh, 1962. Most of those years were done as boys' uh, varsity basketball coach, and along with that, I was uh, I was a B squad coach. When I transferred schools for a while, I've uh, ended up doing uh, elementary basketball and AAU basketball. So it's been an interest and a hobby of mine. I was uh, six years in Stewart, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Then uh, I moved to Minneota, Minnesota. I moved there because I received my master's and I was a high school counselor. So we were there for 10 years. And uh, I did basketball as my extracurricular and was a high school counselor. Then in 1978, I moved to uh, Ivanhoe, my hometown. And at that time, uh, my father wanted me to come in and take over his insurance business. Mm -hmm. But uh, what we did is I worked at the school part-time. I was community ed director for 20 years. And I coached uh, coached basketball at the school for for many years there, mostly as the as the varsity coach. Then in 2007, after all those years in Ivanhoe, I had retired a couple times and then they didn't have coaches, so I came back. <laughs> right, right. And uh, in 2007, then Minneota was without a coach. That was 20 miles away. So for seven years, I drove back and forth to Minneota and uh, coached uh, high school basketball. Mm-hmm. And then in 2014, I said I was going to retire, and I from coaching anyhow. Right. And I guess I just uh, I was still living in Ivanhoe, and I <coughs> excuse me. I was doing the insurance business, and uh, I started coaching uh, elementary basketball and AAU basketball, and I'm still doing that to uh, to to this day. Pretty much, I quit coaching varsity basketball at age seventy-three, okay. and now I'm about eighty, and uh, I do uh, I do elementary mm-hmm. basketball. So that was the that was my coaching career. And there's many thoughts of that I could uh, mention different stops briefly. Yeah, along sure, go the for way. it. We started in Stewart, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That was in the two twelve conference, which is a very famous conference conference. I uh, had many nice individuals and players. Mm-hmm. One unique player was Ted Burke. I had him my first four years, 1962 to 1966. Mm-hmm. When he got done playing high school basketball in Stewart, Minnesota, during those four years mm-hmm. that I had the opportunity to coach him, he became the fifth leading scorer in the state history of Minnesota. Okay. Wow. He was behind Norm Grohl, Bob Bruggers, John Hagan. Those those mm-hmm. were three of the people 
that that were ahead of him. He went on to play Big Ten football at uh, at the University of Minnesota, and mm-hmm. is now uh, a dentist, uh, still working in dentistry in Minnesota. From there, once gaining my master's, I moved to Minneota as a high school uh, uh, counselor and. I worked uh, for three years as assistant basketball coach under one of my very dear good friends, Keith Kromenhuk. Mm-hmm. And then Keith later moved to Hutchison and was varsity basketball coach there. And uh, he is deceased now, just a, just a wonderful person. So we had, we had good times in Minnesota. We had some good years. Uh, it was basically a football town. 1971, we won the sub-district and then come out and upset the number one team in the district. Uh, players like Chuck Dolliger, Steve Bogard. One unique feature of Chuck Dolliger is that uh, I had the opportunity to coach him in high school, and now I'm also coaching uh, uh, one of his grandchildren in uh, wow. elementary uh, elementary basketball. So then, 1978, like I said, I moved back to Ivanhoe and uh, coached uh, mostly uh, varsity basketball. I started out as a junior high coach. So then, in 1984, we were on the, won the District Nine mm-hmm. basketball championship in Ivanhoe. It's only the second time in the history of the whole school they had won once in 1936. Oh wow, that's a and, long time ago. And then we won in 19. Uh, 1984 so uh, and the unique thing is I coached those players on that team for six straight years okay Uh, had them in seventh grade eighth and ninth and then when I became varsity coach I had them in senior high school so they had to have me for six years (laughs) that might not always be positive but at that point it was real good and I had a number of nice ball Ball players at that time. I had Ben Nielsen, a great point guard. Mm-hmm. Mike Peterson, one of the top players in Minnesota, as a, as a guard, uh, played Jay Meester, Rick Mulder, and and others. So I I was in Ivanhoe, and then I thought I was going to retire. And uh, 19 years after I'd left Minnesota, they asked me if I wanted to come back and coach. So, as foolish as I was, I suppose I had <laughs> I had seven great years in uh, in in Minneota after I had been gone from there mm-hmm. for for nineteen years. One thing I'd like to mention is, mm-hmm. you know, as you go through this span of history, which I now call my hobby in basketball, <laughs> is you know the all the wonderful students and players that you've had. And all the wonderful, you know, assistant coaches you've had. I've been blessed with just great assistant coaches. Starting mm-hmm. out in Stewart, I had my good friend Roger Stouffer. Mm-hmm. And he was an assistant basketball coach. Grew up in the big town of Echo, Minnesota, mm-hmm. which is a very small community <laughs> out in our area. And then when I uh, came to Minneota, I was an assistant under Keith Cromanhawk. And then I became varsity when Keith moved to Hutchison. Mm-hmm. And uh, Keith and I maintain a strong friendship through all the years, and he is now now deceased. And when I coached then at Minota after Keith had left, Tom Anderson, 
was my assistant. He moved to Oregon, won a state championship out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was uh, he was just a wonderful assistant as they all were. Moved uh, back to Ivanhoe, I had Bob Johnson as uh, as my assistant and Doyle Sorensen, had them for years. And then when I went back to Minneota for one of my last varsity stints, for seven years, I had my good friend Ralph Hagen uh, be my uh, assistant coach, and he had coached under me when I was there the first time, 19 years prior to that, in Minneota. We always have a wonderful story about Ralph. Would you like oh, a story? Oh, I would love a story. Well, the gym was full. There were a lot of kids that were out for basketball. It was packed, and then we had some kids up on the stage trying to keep them busy. They were jumping mm -hmm. rope. Ralph comes up to me and says, well, what should I do? He had uh, ninth grade. Yeah. And I said, well, Ralph, why don't you go out in the hall, put up some chairs, and practice dribbling? Okay, he was always so easy to work yeah. with. So a couple of days later, I saw him in the hallway, and I says, Ralph, uh, how'd your last game go? Oh, my gosh, he says, we lost. But, you know, he says, I think if we could have played him in a hallway, we might have got him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always tell that story about Ralph. And then Rick Hennon was very uh, instrumental in coaching uh, with me during my time at at uh, Minneota. And his son, Shane Hennon, was just an outstanding ball player. He played mm -hmm. college ball at Morningside. And he's now... Uh, runs the basketball academy at the Pentagon in uh, in, in Sioux Falls. Mm -hmm. And Mike Peterson, the fellow from Ivanhoe, he has uh, his own basketball business out in, uh, in Denver mm -hmm. where he owns a building where they have just clinics and tournaments and everything, and that's his uh, full-time uh, business. And, and as I slow down with my hobby, doing elementary basketball. Uh, I worked with Bill Bradley, and uh, he's just a wonderful person to uh, to coach with. So that's a long story. I think I missed uh, missed a few things, but... Uh, I think it was very, very detailed. Um, just and from... and I, I haven't quit yet, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, at, you know, during your time as coach, coaching and, you know, working with young players, uh, people around my age and obviously a little bit younger, um, what's the biggest, uh, you know, lesson or takeaway in life that, you know, someone my age or even younger or older could uh, take with them anywhere and apply it to anything? And do you have something that, you know, set kids apart? I think, you know, some kids are just maybe they're, quite mature at certain times mm -hmm. and uh, I think uh, like anything once that once the kids uh, listening is quite a skill right in order to be able to listen I think in the classroom or whether it's in athletics football or basketball to, to have kids uh, listen to you know whether it's their teacher or their coach or whatever mm -hmm. that's all that's always a, always a challenge, and uh, I think you know every kid wants to do well, and uh, you know sometimes uh, 
an individual sport has its uh, has its place mm-hmm. a little bit over a team sport, but uh, I guess uh, I think kids uh, learn a lot also in 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 team sports. They just uh, they have to work with others and accept their roles. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the great big heavy uh, tackle in football. Oh yeah. You know. Well. You don't let him run at halfback, do you? No. <laughs> no. So in in basketball, you know, you got people of different abilities. Right. So they all don't get to shoot the ball mm-hmm. uh, uh, equal number of times. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty technical statement to say that. Mm-hmm. I think Al McGuire, the old coach from Marquette, said that. One time I went to a coaching clinic, you get me talking here, Peyton. Mm-hmm. Went to a coaching clinic in Minneapolis. The three clinicians there at that time, right. at the same clinic, were Johnny Wooden, okay. Adolph Rupp from Kentucky, and Henry Iba That's from a tall o- order, o- yeah. Oklahoma State. All the three of them were at the same clinic, and they probably would be considered three of the top five coaches in the history of basketball. Mm-hmm. So you can tell that's sort of my hobby <laughs> when, right. when we talk about that. So, uh, no, it's been a, I, I think as I look back, it's been a wonderful career, uh, teaching in school, mm-hmm. taking over my father's insurance business, being community ed director, and have an opportunity to, uh, to continue coaching for it. Years, which started 57 years ago. Well, uh, thank you for doing this interview with us. Um, do you have anything else to add? No, uh, this has been an interesting experience. My first time, I haven't even listened to a podcast <laughs> yet, having to do a podcast, right. but it's been enjoyable. And thank you, Peyton. Yeah, bye bye.